0: Welcome back to the Cornbread Gospel Podcast. Alright, things get pretty good in this one. Uh, We start diving into some of the key topics that are typically on everyone's mind when it comes to Revelation. This time, we primarily discuss the idea of the different millennium opinions and camps that people find themselves in. Uh, If you're anything like me, you might need to pause and rewind a few times because there's a lot of information crammed into this one, but it's all really exciting. Uh, So our friend Scotty Jones makes his first appearance on the show. Uh, He'll be a usual guest on the show going forward. We wanted to bring Scotty on uh, just as a voice to bring up thoughtful questions and uh, hear his own thoughts on the topics we discuss here on the show. Uh, And honestly, uh, Scott wants Scotty to be here because he thinks Scotty will challenge him if he disagrees with something. Uh, or even if um, he thinks Scott's doing a poor job. <laughs> so uh, I think um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, so anyway, toward the end, of, I kind of put Scott on the spot. I asked him to kind of quickly summarize each uh, Millennium view using a few different categories, and he actually did pretty well. I think it kind of helped uh, tie everything together. Um, so yeah, as always, feel free to email us at Gospel at gmail.com, that's corn, B-R-E-D, gospel, at gmail.com, uh, just for any questions or criticisms, or you just want to tell us what you like about the show. So uh, thanks for listening, and let's get to the episode.
1: All right, everybody, uh, I want to mention um, the other person's voice that you're going to hear on this podcast, the antagonist, the provocateur. Um, is Scotty Jones, and and uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he has a way of, as I said, being a provocateur, provoking, kind of being the other side of the coin for me, and uh, um, at at times just uh, really kind of poking the bear, um, but in a in, in a good way. So,
2: so you make it sound you make it sound bad. No, I it's mean, not I, bad. I, I mean, you could be mean, a jerk. Now look, look. Sometimes I intend it to be. To be not good but but most of the time i'm genuine in my my uh my questioning and my mm-hmm. curiosity yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so uh he'll, he'll be the other voice on this and we'll have other voices that'll come in i've kind of talked to some other people uh, but scott is going to be a regular uh on here um just kind of adding his own um thoughts and understanding but uh again just kind of maybe being the uh um the other side of the of uh, the aisle um and uh as we talk through some of these issues and maybe hopefully um you know ask some questions that that you might have um because again our goal here is not to be a a streamlined um this is the way um um i'm right and and this is the correct way to look at things we want to make sure that uh, we take a uh, um, uh, maybe, dare I say, eclectic uh, kind of approach to, uh, to understanding the book and, and the Bible itself. So, again, there's there's a lot of different opinions on this issue of millennium. And uh, so let's just let's just not sweat it. You know, um, it's not essential. Um, We're not talking about love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, body. And uh, did I get them all heart? So my body and strength, strength. and uh, so uh, we're not talking about uh, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We're not talking about Jesus Christ was dead, buried, resurrected, ascended to the right hand of God, when He sees on our behalf. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's just allow some variance. Mm-hmm. It's okay, mm-hmm. right? So let's jump into dispensational premillennialism. This is, um, I don't know, I don't know the percentages, but I would say this is a good percentage of people. This is probably the popular view.
2: It's a good percentage of people that I know that I've mm-hmm. ever had a conversation with regarding regarding Revelation. As a matter of fact, this was what I was. Uh, well, well, I'm, I'm using air quotes for those of you who can't see me. Uh, I was saved mm-hmm. under this this notion, so I went and visited a. In college, uh, a, a church had a speaker come in that, that spoke on this very thing, mm-hmm. and his entire, I, I won't say entire, so if he spoke for a half hour or 40 minutes, I would say 90% of it was on the horrors of the tribulation, yeah. and the fact that you did not want to be there, and the way to get out of that was to be saved. Right. That, that was what I was saved under, so uh, fear, mm-hmm. we'll just call it that,
1: and... Like Jonathan Edwards, sinners in the hands of an angry God, right? Right.
2: Yeah. Right. So, so as a result of that, unfortunately, you mentioned earlier about not viewing Revelation with uh, in, through the lens of the essential mm-hmm. v- versus neglect, mm-hmm. and and because of that fear, I've always, I've always neglected mm-hmm. revelation as a result of that yeah um, and and for for me this was this was why yeah, this was it right here
1: yeah and and I think that's an experience of a lot of people um growing up in under a certain tribe mm-hmm. or or you know the the idea of of using trib as the um, the motivating factor for conversion mm-hmm. and um I don't like that. You know, I think that um, fear is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the is the beginning of wisdom, and so there is some elements that yeah, we need to feel guilty. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, I am not all about that. God's a benign grandfather in the sky that just loves us and wants to save us no matter what. And yeah. and um, um, but I, I I think that I think that um, um, the idea of using um, escapism as the reason that I yeah. Um, come to Christ, I don't think that's a real high on the motivation scale of lasting motivation, you mm-hmm. know, but I understand, I mean, you know, again, Jonathan Edwards, um, essentially started a, a, um, uh, a revival across, uh, uh, America, you know, bringing that message centers in the hands of an angry God, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we, we do, there's, there is an element that we have to know that we're guilty, that we have, of, have broken the heart of God that we've transgressed God's God's uh, uh, laws and and boundaries and uh, but yeah so that's not common.
2: But unfortunately, I think when this is when this is preached, mm-hmm. oftentimes that's left out. Yeah, where where really what's preached is you need to avoid this because it's going to be awful. Right. right. And and yeah. the way to do that is to accept Jesus. Right. Right. And and it, it's less about it's less about what Jesus has done on our behalf and more about how can I avoid pain? How yeah. can I avoid this time when, right. you know, th- he said, they're not going to hurt you. They're going right. to hurt your loved ones. Right. You know, th- that's the imagery that is created oftentimes with right. this. And right. it's no wonder that a lot of people come up front and, and give their lives to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know, they don't like, want to see their kids being hurt yeah. or tortured, you know? It's
1: kind of like that recent, have you heard that recent seatbelt commercial where it's like, You know, some people think that you should have a right to choose, you know, who are you going to hurt by not, but we're here to look out for your family Mm. because if you don't wear a seatbelt and you die, that will hurt your family. And so really we just care and love your family so much that we want you to wear a seatbelt, you know, and I think sometimes that's what it seems like, you know, I mean, when, if you've ever gone to, um, to uh defensive driving school or whatever they call it now you know they they
2: i don't have that many tickets they show you have that many tickets i uh,
1: yeah without admitting it i had three tickets in six months and uh
2: tell me i'm a bad driver without telling me a bad driver yeah yeah i've been to defensive driving school
1: so uh yeah three tickets in six months uh get you there and uh so you know they show you they show you all of these horrible wrecks and bodies hanging out of the car and the the rescue squad using the jaws of life and, you know, and all of these things. And, you know, of course there's that seatbelt reminder, you know, and, and yeah, wear your seatbelt. I'm not saying don't wear your seatbelt, but what I'm getting at is it's like Jesus becomes a seatbelt, you know, mm-hmm. Like, just put your seatbelt on, put Jesus on, yeah. and it saves you from all of this carnage, you know? Yeah. And and yes, Jesus saves us from that. But gosh, my, my trusting and following Jesus should not be solely on the basis of my wanting to escape carnage. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's just such a low, you know... Do I want Audrey to choose to marry me because the only other choice she has is the abusive husband right you know so well I'm gonna choose I'm gonna choose Scott because the the only other uh, offer I have is is the dude that will beat me every day I, I don't want her to marry me because you know the because she wants to escape the other choice yeah you know yeah um that's just not that's just not the highest motivation yeah so yeah I mean Trib is often. Um, uh, when I say trib, obviously I'm referring to tribulation. Trib is oftentimes used as like you know coercion, mm-hmm. and um,
2: now I made I made the conscious decision to <laughs> to to uh, acknowledge what was being said and make make a decision about it. But I mean, I I, I for a long time, and I I use air quotes as saved. Um, that was my sinner's prayer. That's when I quote unquote accepted Jesus, but. Mm-hmm. I would argue that that really I had no, I didn't have the saving knowledge of Christ until mm-hmm. much later on in life. Yeah, as a result of that, yeah. so my neglect for for even discussing Revelation
1: mm-hmm.
2: was was born out of I was kind of mad, right? I was a little bit upset
1: yeah. that
2: that I was coerced into believing something, sure. And uh, for for a period of time, I didn't believe it for the right reasons,
1: right. right? You
2: know, so so I, I don't have.
1: Yeah, and the call of Christ, and I, and we're kind of getting off topic we, here. We we'll are. get back, I'm sorry. but no, no, that's good. But the call of Christ, when he called all his disciples, it wasn't like, "Listen, come and follow me," or "There is going to be absolute carnage to deal with." It right. was, it was, "Come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men." You know, "Come and follow me, and I will transform your life." Come and follow me. Now I realize. The motivation initially of those disciples, and they didn't really realize what that that followership meant probably until after the ascension and then the spirit coming upon them uh, at at Pentecost. But, you know, they thought, okay, we're going to be part of this kingdom. It was like more of a a, this kingdom fulfilled, like we want to follow this guy. He's going to sit upon David's throne. He's going to reestablish the kingdom of God. Let's let's join him, you know. And um, it wasn't about the carnage. And, um, so, um, yeah, so anyways, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's not surprising that, that your experience with, um, uh, eschatology was, one of trying to coerce you into conversion, mm-hmm. you know.
2: So we've spent ten minutes. Let's talk about what it actually means.
1: Yeah, let's talk about dispensational premillennialism here. Yeah. This is one of the millennial views. So essentially, um, let me just give you a timeline of of what's going to happen. All right, there's a uh, there's the church age. All right, and then there's like this this secret arrival of Christ, the rapture of the church. You know, you've all seen the bumper stickers that say, you know, if this um, if this Carg is unmanned. You know, it's because I've been raptured or whatever. You know, it's the secret rapture. Um, and again, this doesn't come from Rev twenty. You know, uh, where it specifically talks about the millennium. It talks comes from the teachings of Christ that two will be walking up a hill, one will be left. Mm-hmm. Two will be milling grain. One, one will leave. One will be left behind. You know, and thus becomes the first book of the Left Behind series. Left Behind, right? The 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 rapture. Then after after that is seven years of the Great Tribulation. So those that are in Christ escape the trib, um, and those that are left behind have to face seven years of, of tribulation. Right? I
2: thought there was three and a half of peace. Is that a, is that um, a myth?
1: Dispensational premillennialism, generally speaking, it's seven years. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, I know it's a seven year period, but it's so it's seven years of awfulness, <laughs> mm-hmm. not necessarily three and a half of peace and right, then three right, and a half right, of there's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: And then there's the second coming. Um, this is the visible appearance. So at the rapture, sort of the secret arrival, Jesus raptures the saints, the trib, and then um, uh, the second coming, which is the visible period. This is the, um, you know, the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend, even th- so it is well with my soul, you know. And and then the period of a thousand years where Jesus sits upon the throne, Satan is bound. Um, and then uh, the final appearance, um, so basically, you have three appearances of Christ. You have the secret appearance of rapture, visible appearance at, when he establishes his kingdom at the millennium, and then the final appearance, Armageddon and heaven and hell. So dispensational premillennialism maintains that the millennium will begin on earth immediately after the second coming. Satan will be literally bound with a chain, literally placed in a sealed pit. All right. The Jews who are alive at the second coming will enjoy physical blessings on earth during the millennium. Earlier Jewish saints and all the Christian saints uh, will live in heaven during the millennium. They've been raptured. right? So mm-hmm. if you're in Abraham's bosom, if you're in Christ, you're raptured. Um, the millennium will last for a literal thousand years. The millennium will end with a rebellion led by Satan and another return of Christ for judgment. Um, the first return by Christ prior to the millennium will be preceded by a seven-year period of great tribulation. Uh, dispensationalists typically believe that Christians will be spared most of the suffering of the Great Tribulation by being raptured, secretly raptured from the earth. What does "most" mean? Um, or is that just the most place of over it, me- meaning like the worst of it? Um, um, there may be elements of of hardship that you may have to face so
0: as you figure uh, leading up to the tribulation even if it's not in the tribulation things are going to progressively get harder sure so mm-hmm. they're going to be around for that at least yeah
1: at least the, in the last days men will be lovers of themselves given a yep. the must drink you know there will be hardships that we have to face you know um general person and you know general persecution i guess that's what i should have said i should have answered your question with general persecution yep not specific trib uh persecution gotcha um, the second coming of Christ will occur in two or three stages over a thousand-year period. So that's just nutshell. That's thimble of dispensational premillennialism. Um, we can jump into far more later on. And uh,
0: before we uh, get away from that, um, I just had something that popped in my head that I've heard people talk about before. Um, what do you think um, this one is sort of— like you said, with the Left Behind books and everything, Mm -hmm. this one has really sort of um, taken over, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel like most people, um, not to generalize, but seem to hold this um, Mm -hmm. opinion uh, or this, you know, this view. What do you think, in in your opinion, like, of course the Left Behind books, but, uh, you know, what authors or um, what movements do you think sort of, ramped up this view so much and like when that was like if you have like a little bit of history about that
1: yeah um i definitely i definitely would say that this is a prevailing viewpoint of most who would preach in the baptist church you know so your charles stanley's i mean a lot of the populace, john haggies your charles stanley's um probably piper um i don't really know i'll be honestly i'm i Honest with you, I'm ignorant a little bit of Piper's eschatology. I've not really read anything about Piper's eschatology. So, um, and and guys like Billy Graham, um, you know, so it would have popular popular popularized this view um, a lot because of some of the heavy hitters uh, through media. Um, this has been the view that they've they've held and written books and and talked about. plus, I think there's the there's a large element of drama to this, you know? people are drawn to the drama, you know. Um, people love maybe this is this is too um, um, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. might like maybe this is too cynical. Um, but I think a lot of people, uh, Christians are like, yeah, I'm raptured. I'm in the end. I'm in the uh, I'm on the 18, you know. The club. And and so yeah. So, you know, they they a like bit of self-glorification and that. Yeah, you know bit, there's just... there's maybe that element of like, I'm oh, in. I get raptured and you don't. <laughs> I told you, you know? so. Yeah. Yeah. I told yeah, you yeah, I exactly. told you to maybe believe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, I told you so. That's what it, you get. Yeah. 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 So, so I think maybe there's some elements of that. You know, um, to to it, and not that those things don't exist in the others, but they're sort of like I think rapture, the idea of rapture, the drama, this you know, um, those those types of elements of being in the right. So you know, some people just love to be right. There's nothing like Christians for loving to be right. You know,
2: let's and, not kid ourselves. Either fear is a pretty good motivator oh, yeah. Yeah. when it comes to f- yeah. forcing a decision out of somebody. So if the goal sure. mm-hmm. is to uh, is, is to make somebody. Come to a point of decision making for Jesus. If 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 it's a learned behavior that hey fear motivates to make the decision and the decision that you want, then right, you know so we're going to oftentimes we're going to go there. Yeah, we're going to use an element of that. Sure. Some worse than others. Yeah, but but there is an element of fear. Sure. When it comes to that particular viewpoint, and yeah. if 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 you're seeing lots of conversions,
1: mm. yeah,
2: you know as a result of that. Yeah, Billy Graham. Sure, not to put down Billy Graham, but no, that's no, no. it's it's yeah. the way it
1: was. Yeah, this is it. This isn't a uh, uh, this isn't about us throwing accusations. No, 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 But trying to explain why it kind of became the prevailing view. Sure, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's definitely easier
0: to make a disciple uh, out of fear than to love them mm-hmm. well enough. You know, by the grace of God, that they are attracted by the love and the life that you lead, versus just saying, "Hey, you know." This is really scary. Guess what? You know, that, that's a yeah. way easier to sell. You
1: know? This is kind of, kind of a, it's, it's like, this works at revivals. Yeah. You know, uh, this is, a, to me, all right, and this is this is me stating my opinion. To me, this is a, a discipleship model of looking at eschatology. There's no way. You know, I think there's, I think it's you be in the A-team, get raptured, avoid the trip, you know, and then you get to reign with Christ. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a lot of, like, be on the A-team, and I don't see a lot of, like... Um, and, and, and it's it, it's also, it, it's attractive in the sense of, like, it's it's a lot of highlights, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. And, and um, there's sort of a, like, um, uh, an obviousness, if that's a word. I don't know if that's a word. But there's sort of an, you know, it's, oh... I, I can I can clearly lay this out versus you know we're just in we're we're just walking faithfully walking faithfully walking faithful Jesus comes back mm-hmm. you know um, I think we're drawing
2: the big things yeah it's it's we're, a we're, highlight it's almost yeah. like
1: that's why that's why it sells these like like there's I think there's seven books in the Left Behind series right there's oh. there's clear defining beginning and end. Um, to all of these books you know and people just ate them up I mean and look at the look at the the illustrations on the outside of the book you know it's it's um so yeah I mean and again i'm not i'm not kicking sand in the face of dispensational preminness at all and, and again let's go back and remember these things are non-essential if we differ on them these these aren't these aren't salvation matters so it's yeah.
0: not uh that you're it's not that we're Trying to prove against it because, like you know, we you kind of at the beginning of us talking about this, you kind of explained where this comes from in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know right. what, what the scripture says, and you mm-hmm. know how people can right. gather from that. So yeah. it's just uh, you know our discussion on w- w- how we see it and what yeah. it looks like right now in the world.
1: Right. Yeah. So that's 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 the thimbleful of dispensational premillennialism. I mean, there's volumes being written. On or have been written and are are being written about it. So um, let let me kind of move on to another viewpoint of the millennium, which is historic premillennialism, um, and that is you essentially a really quick timeline of that is church age, second coming, Jesus establishes His kingdom for a thousand years, the millennium, and then judgment, heaven and hell. Um, historic premillennialism maintains that the millennium will begin on earth immediately after the second coming. Satan will be bound in a sense that his activity will be somewhat restricted by God so we're premillennial dispensationalism or dispensational premillennialism um, uh, uh, Satan is literally bound literally sealed in a pit um, historic premillennialism would say that Satan his his activity is restricted all right um, both Jewish Saints and Christian Saints will enjoy physical and spiritual blessings on earth during the millennium and the millennium will last for a literal thousand years. This is a literal viewpoint of the millennium, and the millennium will end with rebellion led by Satan. His activity increases. He's he's the restrictions are are relieved. He leads a rebellion, and then a return of Christ with judgment. Um, so that's historic premillennialism. Um, then there's postmillennialism. All right. It um, Looks a lot like premillennialism in that you have the you you have a period of church age, the millennium, judgment, heaven and hell. So postmillennialism maintains that the millennium will begin on earth sometime during the period between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. All right. Um, so if the in, the incarnation and and the second coming. So the millennium begins on earth sometime during this now two thousand years of, of, um, uh, incarnation and second coming and will end shortly before. All right. The millennium will begin when the church has won the majority of the world for Christ, um, um, which is, um, take it from Peter, um, and second Peter when he says, so, um, he talks about, um, when, um, well, let me, let me pull it up. And it says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, meaning the old order of things, all right? You can read verses 8 through 10 um, and find out what what he's talking about there. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, uh, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolve and the heavenly bodies will melt and burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So other translations, like I think the NIV says, since everything will be burned in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives and speed the Lord's coming. And so um, from the post-millennial standpoint, if we leave holy and godly lives and we we can speed the Lord's coming, so Jesus will come back when the majority of, um, when the church has won the majority of the world for Christ. And um, Satan will be bound in the sense that his influence will be in the minority. Um, So um, the... Church wins most of the world for Christ. Satan's influence, he's bound in that he just doesn't have as much of a following.
2: Not to be a negative Nancy, Mm
1: -hmm. but
2: uh, it would appear that the world is moving towards chaos versus mm-hmm. order. Yeah. Does that, does that sound yeah. right? Even from a scientific perspective, from a scriptural perspective, mm-hmm. things will be getting worse. Yeah. So so at some point, if you're going to be a post-millennialist, you have to believe that things are going to turn around. And
1: get better, right? And get better. It's kind of like your guy, uh, Jeff Durbin, that believes in a... He's a guy. He's not necessarily my okay. guy. It, Even it, though I a like guy. a lot
2: of Jeff Durbin. Yeah, he's good stuff. I mean, he is. I mean,
1: Apologia is, yeah. is good stuff, but, but his idea of eventually that the rule the law of God will rule the land. Mm-hmm. You know, that's making the assumption that the church eventually and I don't know if I don't know if Durbin's a postmillennialist or not. Oh he's very much
2: a post millennialist. Okay, but oh, yeah. you know,
1: believing that 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 essentially that governments will be theocracies. Mm-hmm. Again. Mm-hmm. you know and God's law will rule the land mm-hmm. you know versus the idea like what the bible says in the last days men will be lovers of themselves given to them must drink you know it'll essentially move towards anarchy not theocracy right and right. um so it becomes
2: a political
1: yeah yeah i mean, mean in that way movement in a sense yeah uh, theonomist and theonomist, um, yeah. yeah and and so you know it becomes this idea of god's law rules the land and and the, the church has won the majority of the world you know <laughs> and and again that's that's obviously our goal yeah you know we want to we want to but but Jesus that kind of contradicts in what Jesus says is narrows the road narrows the gate if you find it right um, I'm not sure how that fits into the postmillennialist view of winning the majority of the world and Satan is bound because he's in the minority when Jesus has made it very clear, you know, um, Jesus makes several different references to, um, the idea of only a few are really going to accept this and live this out, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think there's, the writers of the epistles have, have made it clear that, that, you know, um, that that many are going to fall away. Jesus said, "Many are going to fall away on account of me." We see this actually in Jesus's ministry when he says, "If you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part of me." It says many on that day left him, right? And that's when he looked at the apostles and said, "What about you? Are you going to leave me too?" And, and it, you know the, they respond with, "Where can we go? Yeah. Where can we go?"
2: Not so, I don't want to get into this. Yeah, and you can you can edit this if need be. But I think I think the the idea of Determinism comes into play here too. Sure, when it comes to that, mm-hmm. um, in particular, the theonomy and the post post-millennial, mm-hmm. millennialists' uh, thought process or idea—the idea, the idea yes. that we, we yeah. God is ultimately in control of who will be saved and who mm-hmm. isn't. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it must follow that at some point, the, the the amount of people saved on Earth that God chooses to save will the pendulum will turn around. shifts and yeah, it, it, yeah. it shifts. Yeah. Um, And I don't know how else you would reconcile mm-hmm. anything else that Jesus said or that Scripture says right. that Paul says, right? Outside of that, right, right, and that's a whole different animal that yeah. we don't have to get into. But yeah,
1: yeah, we we don't have time. No, to, and this is not a study for you know determinism, Molinism, and you know and free will. No, so no, no, um, no. but. um, the, the the reference to a thousand years in postmillennialism is a symbol symbol for a long period of time. So this is not a literal thousand year period, like would be premillennialism, premillennialism or uh, dispensational premillennialism. Um, the millennium will end with a rebellion led by Satan and the only second coming of Christ uh, for the purpose of judgment. So that's postmillennialism. Now, one more that I'm going to give you before we kind of wrap up today is um, amillennialism. All right. So you have first coming, you have incarnation, and the millennium, therefore, is the church age. Uh, kind of like uh, pre- post-millennialism, it's not a literal thousand years, it's just a long period of time, um, culminated with the second coming of Christ, judgment, and then our eternal states of heaven or hell. So just, just give you a, a general idea of amillennialism, amillennialism um, maintains that the millennium began at resurrection, and the ascension of Christ will end shortly before the second coming. Satan is bound at the resurrection of Christ in the sense that he cannot prevent the church from preaching the gospel message of Christ's death and resurrection to the nations. A um, uh, couple of references uh, there uh, to that. I'll give you a couple here. One is Matthew twelve, uh, twenty-eight and twenty-nine. And then the other one is Acts. Sorry, Brennan, are you hearing that? I keep hitting it with my glasses. Oh, you're good. Um Matthew twelve, twenty-eight and twenty-nine. And uh here's what it says. Uh but if, if, if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, then indeed he may plunder his house? So um, Satan is bound at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus has overcome, and therefore he cannot prohibit the church from preaching the gospel um, to the nations. The other one is Acts twenty six. Uh, verse 16 through 18, Um, in reference to this. Acts 26, 16 through 18, but rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you For this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things which you have seen and those of which I appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending to you, to open your eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified uh, in me. So that's showing how uh, Satan is... Is they're moving from the power of Satan under his authority to the power of of God. Um, so Christians now enjoy blessings during the millennium. Now you might say, Well, how is that? I, I like the blessings of dispensational premillennialism where I'm reigning with Christ and I and I escape certain things of persecution and and um and torment. Um, but the emphasis and blessings in heaven for Christians who died during the millennium, the resurrection of their soul to heaven. Being seated on the throne in heaven, Jesus makes a promise that we'll get to um, uh, to the churches. To him that overcomes, will have the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I sat down with the throne uh, uh, on my Father's throne. So the emphasis uh, uh, we emphasize the blessings in heaven, uh, the resurrection of their soul, uh, seated on the throne and serving as priests in the temple of of heaven. But yet, a better view is to emphasize the spiritual blessings within the church that we can enjoy while we live on earth. I think this is a better thing: the uh, spiritual resurrection and baptism. You know that we are raised to walk in a new life. Um, the reigning with Christ as ambassadors on earth. Christ has given us. We are citizens of heaven now. We are representatives of Jesus Christ. He's given us authority to represent Him to the nations. You know, we we have that that blessing, and then serving as a spiritual priesthood and Christian service. Peter tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people, a people of God. So those are the blessings, and I think that's a better way to view the blessings of of the uh, that we received during the church age. And those blessings persist regardless of persecution, insult, torment, or suffering, right? Um, those things those things exist. Now, that's not to negate the blessings of, of when we get to go to heaven, uh, being seated on the throne with Christ, and serving as priests in the temple. But I think it's better to understand these blessings as things that we can receive now. Now, of course, the reference in amillennialism is just uh, to a 1,000 years is a symbol for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about that we've been in the millennium um, since Christ ascended, this is just symbolic of a very long time. We know that the Bible says that to God, a day is like a 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years is like a day, all right? Um, so, um, you know, that gets into, I, I think that's in reference to uh, a lot of different things. Um, obviously this isn't the study for it, but um, we could even draw in some some the six days of creation and understanding that you know a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. we can't go into that now, but understand that God is not God is not prohibited by time and space. Mm. You know, the idea of God seeing even all of eternity in a snapshot, you know, um, that that we don't limit him in the sense of our, our timekeeping. So the millennium will end with a rebellion led by Satan and the only second coming of Christ with judgment. Um, now, let me just state this for clarity. The amillennialist point of view is the point of view that I hold to um, that I think is and it will be the one that we mention as consistent in this in this study. And from, to me, again, just one man's opinion, I think it fits more consistently in the study of theology and in the context of the whole book of, of Revelation. So those are kind of the things that uh, I wanted to talk about today, um, the big view of, of uh, different interpretations, the the spiritual, the preterist, the historicist, the futurist, the cyclist uh, view of, of Revelation, and then this this really preeminent theme uh, that a lot of people focus on. I, well, by preeminent, I mean preeminent in the minds of people, not preeminent in The book itself, but preeminent in the minds of people, this issue of millennium. Um, So, next time out, we'll get into some uh, common misconceptions regarding the uh, second coming, and uh, we'll jump into chapter one and uh, kind of understand uh, Patmos and uh, maybe why God delivered this apocalyptic view uh, to John while he was in exile. Um,
0: And, uh, real quick before we go, um, and if this doesn't work out, we can just cut it or something. Um, uh, So, and Scotty could probably help me out with this too um just uh if you picture like a chart um, take take all of the different uh you know millennium views that we learned about today uh, I figured we could have me and Scotty throw out you know sort of questions and then you sort of um you know, for instance, like what happens to Satan, you know, and mm-hmm. then you kind of give us mm-hmm. uh, each, each views, mm-hmm. you know, ju- you know, quick 10 second thing. Um, yep. So, um, so yeah, first of all, uh, I guess, uh, when does the tribulation start? I guess let's start there. Okay. For each.
1: When does the tribulation start? In dispensational pre, uh, millennialism, the, the trib starts after the rapture, mm. The raptures the the that kicks off. Okay, we're moving from this period of church age um, into tribulation, and then ultimately at the end of trib, uh, we get into the millennium. Um, so, for um, um, was your question about the tribulation or millennium? What was your original? Uh,
0: question? It's for to to give us like um, an answer for each. You okay,
1: of uh, when the trib.
0: Of when when tribulation starts, like okay. what the tribulation looks All like. All right, you know, right, sorry. Some of them don't necessarily... Sorry, start. I got
1: into that, and then I forgot, because yeah. you said Satan, and then I'm like, what am I supposed to be talking about, yeah, Satan right. or trib?
0: Yeah, first tr- tribulation. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, so, so, yeah, dispensational premillennialism, trib starts... Um, really it's it's or immediately after the rapture. Rapture is kind of the kickoff gotcha. of of the dispensation. Um so in 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 um historical premillennialism um the uh the the tribulation um uh is is essentially um happens pre-millennial. Gotcha. All right. Premillennium. Um, so, uh, exactly it, it, we, in historic premillennialism, there's not a, uh, a moment of, of, of rapture. So the, the trip can, can be during the church age at some point in time. Um, but it's, it is, it is pre-second coming pre-millennium. Mm. All right. So that's what we know about. Now, post-millennialism doesn't really have a tribulation like, like period. So it's just the persecution of of the church in a general sense same thing with amillennialism that that the tribulation is an ongoing thing i mean you would be hard pressed to just go back about 500 years and and tell those who were literally like like the um the anabaptist who were forced into churches and literally burned alive to to say well that wasn't really the trip yeah, you know, there's there's worse things gonna happen, you know, or or the, the sixty or seventy years ago in the continent of Europe, yeah, it'd be hard to
2: look somebody die and say no, nope, nah. you didn't have it that bad, yeah, yeah. You, you, you didn't. Know? no, there, there's an arrogance yeah, to that that yeah. I think needs to be avoided, yeah, in or, my opinion. or even
1: or even the early Christians who were you know impaled, yeah. and, uh, impaled and crucified and boiled and, in oil, and, yeah, and led into coliseums to be mauled by animals, man, yeah. that's. That's not trib yet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Started, yeah, gets, yeah, 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 yeah. You face the worst, but you know, <laughs> that, that I can imagine. But there, yeah. there's actually worse stuff um, that can happen to you. You know, I mean, I and and you know, they're let alone just the other things of you know them being denied by their families, you know, mm. um uh losing their jobs um because they were Christians. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I think it would be hard pressed. So, from the all millennial s- standpoint, that um, we um, we face persecution of various kinds, um, and and that itself is 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 tribulation, cool. right? So,
0: so Scott, do you you have one or uh, so let's go ahead and do the one that you got stumped stumbled on. Uh, what what happens to Satan? Like, what is his timeline in in each?
1: Okay. Yeah, so dispensational premillennialism um, at the at the beginning of the millennium, um, Satan is bound and literally bound. He is literally chained and he is thrown into a pit. And he, he and and then later he is so no influence, no influence, none. none 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 at no. all. This is a period of complete peace and and when Jesus heaven sits, on earth yes and 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 the millennium when Jesus sits upon his throne, it is a thousand years of absolute peace. Wow. All right. Yep. And then, after the period of a thousand years, um, uh, Satan is released. Armageddon. Mm-hmm. All right, um, he causes this large rebellion. Armageddon happens. All right, so that's dispensational. Um, in premillennialism, he's bound and not in a literal sense, but that his activities are decreased. All right his his activities are decreased. Um, and then uh, same thing, his, his activity is allowed to increase. He causes a rebellion, Armageddon, um, and post-millennial, um, view Satan is bound and in, in the sense of influence. He's bound because he's in the minority. The church has won over the majority of the world. Uh, Satan is bound in the sense that he's a minority. So he only has an influence over the lesser, uh, number, um, in all millennialism, uh, Satan is is bound by the by the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension. When Jesus overcomes death, Satan's activity is is bound. He cannot limit the church for proclaiming the message. And one thing I didn't say earlier that I personally believe, and I could be wrong on this, so this is my opinion, I think that Satan was no longer allowed to um, inhabit people unless given a gateway or an avenue to do so, you know? Um, were possibly before um, demon possession, and,
2: and so you could have had physical influence, mm-hmm. it, it, and that was that was bound. Yeah, that was that bound p- by
1: the blood of Christ right. by His resurrection. Yeah, that he kn- he couldn't have physical influence, like the woman who he came. The demon was upon her. It doesn't say it was within her, but he came and bent her over mm-hmm. and caused her to have a, a spine. Um, problem the the legion um, where they they entered that man. Um, I'm I'm not certain, and again I'm still studying this, but I'm not certain that that was prohibited. Um, I think it was say, demons entered into people. Maybe there was gateways and certain reasons that that could happen. Um, but I think Satan is certainly bound in that way. So now you dabble in the occult. Um, you, you have some kind of, um, unresolved anger, bitterness. I mean, severe malice, um, fantasies of hurting people and you entertain those things, you know, um, certainly dabbling in obviously, you know, cultish music, uh, literature, things that can influence in, in that way. So I think you have to give a gateway, a doorway, uh, for demon possession now. And I think he's bound in that way. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's kind of uh different different views of which Satan was bound. So dispensational literal bound chain pit, um premillennialism, his activities are restricted, postmillennialism, he's in the minority, amillennialism, um he's he's prohibited from stopping the church from spreading the gospel to the nations and I believe my opinion He's pers- he's I personally believe that he's prohibited from from and his demons are prohibited from entering into unwilling mm-hmm. um, um, victims. Cool. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's do this one. Uh, what does the rapture
1: look like or the lack thereof or when mm-hmm. uh, in each? OK. So dispensational premillennialism rapture happens. Um, that's the kickoff from the church age. Um, Jesus secretly comes back. He raptures the Jewish saints and the and and the Christian saints um, and saves them from the tribulation. All right. Um, and premillennialism um, the rapture happens at the at the end of the millennium when we all. Uh, get to heaven! What a day of rejoicing that will be! And uh, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Um, so that's um, that's pre-millennium, postmillennialism, all millennialism in the sense of the rapture. They're all pretty much the same. That it happens uh, at the second coming, and we go into our eternal states. Yeah. So, I mean, my personally held belief is that, in a sense of a a a rapture. Um, you know the Bible. Paul says in Thessalonians that the dead in Christ shall rise first. I take that as literal. The dead in Christ have to rise first. Why? Because they're in the ground, and then then we who are alive will gather together with them in the clouds. I see it's not two events; it's one culminating event at at when Jesus comes back.
0: So, just mathematically, they they have <laughs> they have to below us. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, they have. They're six feet under, yeah. right? So, so let's go to the second
2: coming. Uh-huh. Okay, so so there's there seems to be some uh, interesting thoughts on when that actually is or what that looks like yeah and it could happen in multiple stages mm-hmm. um, it looks different in in different viewpoints I guess I always, always held the assumption that when Jesus comes he's here mm-hmm. clouds roll back sky parts mm-hmm. you know and and, and trumpets. boom yeah the trumpet sound and he is here physically mm-hmm. to do Yep. That which he is designed to do. So this I'll, I'll go like?
1: very briefly because we're going to jump into that the next okay. the next time as okay. we talk about the misconceptions of second coming. But but real quick, dispensational premillennialism says post-trib Christ comes back. That's the visible second coming, first yep. second coming, and yep. establishes the millennium, establishes His kingdom on earth, perfect peace for a thousand years. All right, uh, premillennialism. Um, this happens. The the the. Second coming happens to establish um, uh, that um, that millennium. Um, so Jesus comes back, establishes his millennium. All right. Um, uh, post millennialism. Second coming happens post uh, millennium. This period where the church gets the majority. All right. That's the that's this long period of time in which the church wins most of the world over. When most of the world is won over, Jesus comes back. Right. And
2: the final judgment's final made. Final judgment's
1: made. A millennium says um, we're in the millennium uh, now. Jesus comes back, singular event, one-time event. He comes back, rapture, judgment, yeah. eternal states. Yeah. All of that happens um, right then and there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll jump into the misconceptions of second coming next time. But that was just kind of quick quick notes about yeah. second coming.
0: Yeah, no, that was really good. Uh, exactly what I was kind of hoping for. Um, also, I think I'm armillennialist as well. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if not, I'll convince you. Yeah, Based on this, <laughs> there I, it mean, is. I,
0: I basically all the points you made for it, uh, or not, I guess not for, you weren't really arguing for it, but all the points you made, um, I was kind of like, oh yeah, I thought that was understood. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was like a point of view that I apparently have. Right, so. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and, I, and, and like I said, I think you're probably going to see people fall into two camps, all uh, millennials, dispensational premillennialism. Um, you know, historic premillennialism, I've not come across too many postmillennialism. It's so close to amillennialism, mm. um, you know, that um, the only difference, real difference is is the idea of the majority. Yeah. Amillennialism does not assume that the church will win the majority. Postmillennialism does. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the major difference there between those two views. So there may be some postmillennialists that come into view. you.
0: Well, uh, one more thing. What about you, Scotty? Where are you? What camp do you fall in, if you don't mind?
2: Yeah, I would I was probably be uh I'd be a millennialist too J- just 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 looking at it. You know, off the, uh, for a long time there was probably a mixture of those mm-hmm. that I would have held. You know, if I got to fall into one camp, I, that's probably where I'd I'd find myself, but 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 for a long time uh it was it was maybe a little mixture of of them without the proper understanding either mm-hmm. of what, what they actually were. Yeah. So and again, this is, this is not that I'm agreeing with you because I want to agree <laughs> with you. I'm, I, I'm disagreeable. I said that. I'm saying that because I actually believe.
1: Yeah. It. Um, and again, that's, that's, this is, this is thimble fool. You know, right, again, right. this is it. We're going, we're not going into very specifics of, about it. So yeah. I'm sure there's people saying, oh, I, wait, you're missing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm I'm missing things mm-hmm. probably, and I'm missing out on some specifics that may say, well, if you would say that, then people would be this or yeah. that. And, and the, um, the
0: point of this is not to uh, get anybody on a certain camp, but just to help people understand yeah. um, what the Bible's saying about right. all these things.
1: Right, right. So. So, you know, the next time we get together, we'll, we'll look at some common misconceptions of the second coming and, and kind of because that's another key thing. I mean, millennium, second coming, all of that stuff, TRIB, those are big, major things that people get into when they read Revelation. And then we'll jump into Patmos um, and, and kind of understand when Jesus will open up the book of Revelation, kind of understand what Jesus is doing and, and giving this to John and setting up the, the rest of the book.
0: Very exciting. All right. Well, uh, unless you guys have anything else, I think that's about good for today. All right. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.